on one side, you're shoring yourself up physically. Like you're becoming this, this hardened, capable thing that can engage in physical violence, can keep yourself and your loved ones safe. And, and you're prepared to, to dominate and finish 90 whatever percent of the people you bump into on the street on a daily basis. Yeah. You're, you're, you're fucking lethal. Yeah. And then on the other side, that all that training that made you lethal makes you realize how fragile and vulnerable the human body is. Yeah. So you're far more likely to avoid at all costs yeah. any physical inf- encounters. Okay, guys, Splendid Torch Podcast. I'm Pete, and this is Pete. I am repeat. How are you, sir? <laughs> I am well. Awesome. Um, so... Uh, we were asking Juliana what we should talk about today, and she said, well, this week we're talking about honesty. So me and Pete are going to try to slip as many lies into this podcast, and there's going to be a lie counter, and we'll see if you guys could get it at the end. See how many you guys, East, we'll call them Easter eggs. Yeah. It's like a Marvel movie. What's going on, dude? Not much. How you doing? I'm good. We were talking, um, uh, you know me, dude. I'm a transparent guy, almost to I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a transparent guy and almost to a fault. Yes. Right? Um, but that's good. That's good because that makes it when you, it's not that I don't have a filter. Like this is all on purpose. It's uh, when you're transparent, it's, it, it helps you live like a clean life. Yes. Like you can't have skeletons in the closet if you can't trust yourself to not tell everybody what you're thinking at all times. I'm just trying to put the two words together. And I <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's where I'm at. Because I know it's weird that I have to give like a like a preamble to this, but we were talking guns before. Yeah. And the weird thing is like, you know, obviously this is like the national hot button topic right now. Yes. I'll be honest. I've always been anti-gun. Yeah, we've anti-gun. talked about they, it. They fucking terrify me. I'm just scared of them. You have to get educated and trained up on That's it. That's the big thing. Yes. Like anything else. You know, it's funny because I'm terrified of guns. But, you know, I have knives hidden all over my house. I have, like, ninja stars. <laughs> like, dude. You like, never know when Jackie Chan's going to jump yeah, into your house. And if he does, he's toast, you know, because I've got knives in every room. Beverly Hills ninja shelves. comes rolling through. Yeah. Um, but, dude, statistically, and here's the thing about any kind of home defense weapon. Statistically, having it is more dangerous sometimes than not. Yes. So, like... If you look at stats on like um, like knife fights mm-hmm. and like knife deaths, oftentimes the person who pulls the knife ends up being on the receiving end. Yes. It's weird, dude. And and the thing with guns, and I'm not as educated about like gun violence or anything. Is, yeah. I'm not trying to pretend I, I am. I have an interesting stat, though. But the thing that gets me is um, I know having kids in the house and having a gun in the house is, is dangerous. Locks. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're, well, it's, a, it's clear that you're a Second Amendment. <laughs> well, not just that, but it, it's a simple. It's friends and uh, people out there that aren't even associates or whatever you want to call. It. Whoever's listening to this, here you yeah. go. You have a trigger lock, and you have a box. Yes. That hopefully you have in a safe. Yeah. You educate everybody in your house that would have access to it. Obviously, the girls are too young right now. Yeah. Right. But. The goal and like I had my, you know, Jen was fearful of guns till I took her to the range and she was really fucking good with the pistol, very good with the pistol. And I had to teach her how to. Did you you put a picture of you on the target? 
She You're had like, it. Oh my it gosh, funny. I'm like, where did you get this? <laughs> she That's has great. You <laughs> made a smiley face on my chest. <laughs> but it's uh, education is what it's about. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. The first time I shot an M16, uh, how about this? The first time I shot an M60 or an M50 or, or a 50 cal or an AR, uh, the uh, 60 millimeter mortar, it's terrifying. Of course, those are very large yeah, caliber. 50 cal, that'll give you brain trauma. Uh, you get shaken baby syndrome. That's no lie. Yeah. But, no, um, it's true. No, it's true. You get, you do. You get, there's the, uh, the, the, the concussion the that takes place, the percussion is, uh, it really, you know, and yeah. they're loud as hell. Uh, but yeah, yeah, my dad's deaf. Education, because he was. Tra- he, yeah, he, I don't think they he, didn't wear earplugs. No, dude, he used to take naps in the. He was in the Marines, and uh, you know, this was in what the seventies. Yeah, this is like the tail end of Vietnam. Like he just missed Vietnam, and he tells story like he could sleep anywhere. And now he's deaf, so he can really sleep. He's anywhere. like my grandfather was. What? But dude, they didn't talk about like ear safety and like like uh cte and nope. brain trauma like they were just blasting mortars for you know the yeah. whole afternoon let me training. Tell you something a mortar is freaking loud you would have uh you know your mortar it looks like that nerf football the kids all have you got the yeah. football with it with the, shack, the turbo with the, yeah yeah love those but things on the mortar the whistler remember they put yeah. the whistle on it yeah, yeah. but a mortar looks good, very dude. yeah i was hey you know i'm an expert uh in nerf sports that's it uh, but you have that the mortar, which is obviously larger, but you have charges on the bottom. They're like these little um, life preserver things that you think nothing of. Yeah, it's just gunpowder. There's four of them, and when you set the base on the mortar, and you have this, the the base is this. I don't know. It's about two and a half feet wide, and it's the base of the mortar, yeah, and it, like it's a, plate. a heavy plate. It's getting heavy, and they go uh, put three charges on it or two charges on it. I'm like, okay. And you, so you're taking one or two of them off and you fire the mortar and the plate goes about six inches into the ground. Oh, Jesus. From just resting. Like, yeah. So, so that force that drives that downward, guess yeah. what? Oh, that, yeah. Your body's that receiving shooting, it. That's yes. shooting like yes. a, like a shockwave through the And we atmosphere. had cans on. We had the, the major ear protection. We yeah. actually wore the little construction yellow ones. And then we had the cans over top. You stuffed uh, tissue in your ear. You needed. You're it. good. Yeah, you needed. You needed it. It was just, yeah. but it's you know it's impressive, but it's education. We did, God, at least fifty minutes of training. No, I'm joking. We did like, <laughs> we did at least two weeks of training before we fired them. You know? Yeah, that's good. Uh, when we shot the M16, you have like a day and a half, two days of training. You're tearing it. You're learning to tear it down. You're learning to put it back together. You're learning to clean it before you even fire it. That's the way to do it. You have to. Yeah. You absolutely have to. So and it's the dude, same it's thing the, with the it, when I had a, you know I had my uh, uh, nineteen. We carried a nineteen eleven at the time, so I was I had a nineteen eleven on my side. I was able to carry that, and it's all education, you know. And yeah. the more educated you are, the more you feel comfortable with the weapon. The more it becomes. I don't want to say attached, but it becomes. Like we always say, it's good on the skin. Yeah. It feels comfortable. It's it's an attachment of your body. And that's only through education and training that that takes place. Well, dude, I, so, you know, I'll tell you, I went up. So there was anybody who lives in this in the Marlton area and knows what was it last Sunday. We all got an alert from the police department. It's like shelter in place. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. There was a, you know, a crazy guy on the loose. And I guess this guy had called. And, dude, this is a week after the Uvalde thing. Yeah. So this guy calls up 911 on himself. And is like, I'm going to go shoot up a bunch of people. In Marlton, he said. 
it was actually down the street from my house first. It was yeah. Voorhees, I think. And yeah. then he ended up in Marlton. Yeah. But they couldn't find him for like 19 hours. He's a homeless guy. They brought like three police departments in, the bloodhounds, the yeah. helicopters. Melissa's like, that's really scary that they can't find one guy. Look at the woods. There's so much I woods. I get it, man. But like, he's on foot, you know? Anyway, it's just, it was eye-opening enough for me to be like, all right, I'm going to go at least take a look at, at like handguns, for like home defense. Yeah. And... uh so I call up my buddy, Mike Miller, <laughs> who is a friggin' walking encyclopedia of yes. all things projectile. Yeah, we'll say. Everything that. from, you know, he, you know, he's a Marine. Yeah. So I, everything from handguns to, to rocket launchers to <laughs> he makes his own friggin' bow and arrow. Yeah. Knives, everything. He's an expert. And that's the kind of guy, like, I want to go. Because I'll be honest, we went to the place, and the guy who worked there was not helpful at all. I'm Which, like, dude, I was like, I don't even know. I've never you know? like well, I don't know if we were I don't want to blow up the place. Okay. The place is great. It's just the guy with that one guy wasn't yeah. very helpful. I go up there for like archery stuff and okay. that oh, that right. guy that's is right. awesome. He's yeah. the best. Um but Miller, like the guy pulls i I'm like, all right, let me look at this one. And you know, all the cops here, I asked them what I should be looking at, and they all have their opinion, and pretty much everybody's like, Oh, Glock nineteen. Yeah. But uh I didn't like it. So anyway, he pulls him out. I can't even pick this thing up. I'm shitting bricks. Yeah, it's empty. Not only is it empty, the guy like pulled the mag out. Well, Miller did. Bill, Miller broke these things all down. Bah, yeah. bah, 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 and it's just pulls pieces. the slide up. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right, this. Is, he's trying to like. Te- I'm like, dude, I'm not even at the pick the thing up yet yeah. phase, so I don't need to know how the spring works. But it was just really impressive. Miller's like a friggin' ninja. But I was so scared to even hold the thing in my hand. Yeah. And it, it's nothing other than it's foreign to you. It's completely full. And I know it goes bang. Yeah. I, dude, it, was, it wasn't loaded. There wasn't even a mag. The slide or whatever is back. It doesn't matter. Still scared the shit out of me. And the only, I'm like a, a safety protocol guy. I don't adhere to it. I just need like to know what the safety is. <laughs> An example being like in the wood shop. Like I, I have a healthy fear of the table saw. As you should. Yeah. I have a healthy fear of like the router. Yeah. And I know all the safety protocol. So now... It's it's not a scary thing to me. I'm more afraid of a router than I am of a. You should the router. The, oh, oh, well, yeah, the router. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, I, I just have, I've I tried doing. Uh, I was I had a nice piece of uh, I think it was oak or maple that I was going to hang guitars off. I was going to make a guitar. It's a tough cut for the router. You better yeah. have a good router. Well, that's my. I gave it to my uncle. I said I'm not even going to mess with this. No. Yeah. I it's I, I just did not. You I'm like told me, dude. I have like the best. Oh, this router. was prepeat. Oh. This was pre-peat. Oh. This was uh, 12 years ago. Also, the routers were probably not very safe anyway. Yeah. but so it, it came with bandages. Yeah. It <laughs> a tourniquet just in it case. Should. So uh, the point being, like, it was just so foreign to me. And the only real safety I knew was don't put your finger on the trigger till you're ready to go boom. Yeah. And don't point it at, loaded or unloaded, don't point it at anything you don't want to destroy. Exactly. That's, and, and that's a key thing that people don't understand yeah. that. I, I was at the range with somebody uh, years ago and I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? He was like, walk, you know, just using his hands. I'm like, dude, put the gun down. Yeah. Put he's it like down. picking his nose with he, it. Yeah. He's like, oh, I was scratching <laughs> his head with it. I'm like, he's like, it's not loaded. I go, you don't, don't know that, yeah, dude. I go. You don't know that. Well, I, I go. You pulled the magazine. Did you clear the right? Thing? So 
the, just these are the little things I don't even know. It's it's now it's, you do. It's like if somebody walks into the academy, they don't know how to tie their belt. No. Don't assume. We would never assume that somebody knows how to put tie on a key and tie their belt. Exactly. Never. But I go into this friggin' uh, gun store, and the guys, the guys yeah. like, <laughs> he he pulls the. Each gun I asked to look at, he pulls it out and he does the like cocks the slide yeah. back, pops the thing, pops and does like three things, and yep. hands it to me. And I'm like, I don't know what you just did. You yeah. didn't tell it. Clearly, I don't know what the fuck. I'm holding the gun backwards. Like, <laughs> sir, you don't use your thumb. Yeah, dude, I'm crying. Like, <laughs> yeah. throw me a freaking bone here. The, the guy was not very uh, sympathetic to to my uh, how green I. There's am, an I arrogance that is like. There's an arrogance in, in, at some of these places. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I had to apologize. That. I apologize to the guy. You, you can ask not. Miller. Like five, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry I'm taking so long. I'm sorry. I don't really know what I'm doing. What else I, was he going to do? Well, he, he was just standing there picking his exactly. fucking nose anyway. What else is he going to do? It's but not only that, it's your job. And you can clearly see I have no idea what I'm doing. You're not a sweater, but just talking about it, I see beads of sweater. Dude, yeah. It just it makes me really uncomfortable. There's a huge fear. There's a massive fear. And I will tell you that there should be. That's a, there's a, a healthy, good yes, thing. It's a health. That's fear. a damn good thing. I don't want. I've educated Jack pretty well, but he still has not fired a live gun. And we've got BB guns and stuff like that. But oh, if, if, but the point I is, am, he I'm like Huckleberry Finn, right? Tom Sawyer with a BB gun. But he understands. If I said to him, I said, Jack, would you do? He goes, Well, you don't point at anything. You're not willing to blow up. Aim yeah. it at the ground. Everything downrange. And this was just shooting little plastic BBs when he was freaking six years old, seven years old. You have to educate people. The more, it's like anything else. The more education you have, and well, in most cases. So Jack never played uh, two-pump BB gun tag? No, no. Yeah, me and my brother and our friends used to play that. And yeah. then he, my brother would be in the woods and you hear, pump, 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 yeah, pump, yeah, pump, That was pump, more than two. Like, was I can't count. That was ten. We did that. I, just, I remember doing that. Babies so, hurt, man. Yeah, dude. We're not wearing safety goggles. What? What is that? What are we thinking? We had bottle rocket wars. Oh, God. Roman candle <laughs> Roman wars. Roman candle wars. Yeah, those are fun. That was all fun and games. So somebody came back with the, uh, it wasn't a mortar, but it was like similar to a mortar. Yeah. And he fashioned it with a post so he could hold it <laughs> and fire at you. Yeah, and he's I'm very like, avant-garde, oh, yeah, forward-thinking yeah. young we had, man. And it's funny, it's just right up the street uh, behind uh, my buddy's house was like this giant sand area. Was, we're like, well, what's this desert from? Yeah. In the middle of we Mount Laurel. One, it's from building. Yeah, well, there was no building or anything there. It was well, crazy. They dumped all the shit. We yeah. had the same thing, Sand Mountain, we called it. And, you know, we would go back there. <laughs> I, could still, I still hear my mother in my head, where's the goddamn vacuum cleaner tube? <laughs> then I, why is it blued? <laughs> what were you doing with this thing? Well, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, but yeah. So, but it's education is. I and I'm I'm a firm believer that I I think that every household should have one. Well, and every household should have an well, education. Let me just add on before we get to that yeah. point because I do want to point that out. Because um, it's a hot button topic. It's I know huge. people are just staunch anti gun. I know some people are staunch, you know, pro gun. But I got to tell you, like, I'm still in the middle, even now. I am, too. I'm pro-education of guns. That's the thing. Now, yesterday, I'm, I was telling you guys. So I, I was telling Miller, I brought Scarlett to school in the morning. Mm -hmm. I have Avery in the car because she had a doctor's appointment right at the same time. All in the same area. So it's my house, the school, and the doctor is, is all within, like, a half mile of each other. 
and we leave my house and there's a fire truck just sitting at, at the end of this development with all of its lights on. I'm like, huh, whatever, you know, they're probably doing a training exercise. Yeah. And then I go down to the, to the traffic light and there's two cop cars in like the CVS parking lot with the lights on. Huh, that's weird. Maybe they're doing a training exercise. Yeah. I drop Scar at school and I go the other way, all within a half mile. And now I see like seven or eight like SWAT looking cop cars and they're all like out of their trunk pulling the fucking machine guns out. I'm like, probably a training, yeah. right? Because they don't really seem like they're that alarmed. And We're in Voorhees for Yeah, time's well, it's, it's Voorhees Gibbsboro. Yeah. So it's, you know, Gibbsboro is, is right on that Those border. ruffians. So uh, I go an eighth of a mile up the road further to the doctor's office and there's there happens to be... Uh, two gas stations across the street from each other each one has two cop cars with the lights on in each parking lot i'm like all right that's not a fucking training situation no, it's what not. the hell's going on here and then that's when i get the email from her scar school they're in lockdown here we go yeah. and they don't give you any other information it's like you gotta tell me more yeah you know you send that out to a thousand parents you're just gonna blow up your own phone you might as well give us something um, they give us nothing. So I jump on Facebook, which you want to get some information. You go to these, like what's happening in Marlton, yeah, what's happening. Exactly. Somebody always knows. Yes. And they're more than happy to share it with everybody. Uh, so it turned out there was like some guy shot some other guy, which I don't, you know, whatever. I just assumed if you go a little bit further down the road, it's like a, it's like a ghetto. Like it's, yeah. you know, kind of like projects. And I was not happy that that's where my brain went, but it just, that made sense to me. That's yeah. what I grew up around. So that's what. Somebody got shot in the leg. No big deal. That's not what happened, though. Some guy shot somebody, like, not in the ghetto, just in one of, like, the, the nice houses in the woods. Mm. And then they couldn't find the fucking guy. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. It happened yet again. And that just kind of reinforced the idea, like, I, and I'm, this podcast is not going to be about gun control. I'm just, you know, this is kind of, we'll, we'll tie this into jujitsu in a second, but... Every, the guns are out there. Yeah. There's 400 million guns in America. Yes. So, like, the the thought is... Did you listen to Colin Noir? No. On uh, Rogan? Colian Noir? Colian Noir. I, I can't say his goddamn <laughs> Clearly. name. Clearly. No, I didn't. Colin Noir? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I was didn't. listening to it yesterday, and he brought up some fact. And, and if you guys don't know who he is, he's a lawyer that's a... He's a gun advocate. Yeah. And he's... Just listening to him, and I've heard, listened to him a bunch of times. I've seen his videos. He's all over the place. He's like an absolutist. He's like a Second Amendment absolutist, right? I guess you could he's, say He's that. about, like, constitutional carry. But he's also about education. Well, good. You know, I mean, he, there's a lot of things to it, you know. So he he was saying that, you know, they talk about all the numbers, uh -huh. gun numbers. Well, there's so many. Do you know that I think it was... I think he said it was over 60% of that was suicide. Yeah. Yeah. That that's not mass shootings. Well, even the mass shootings are usually like gang violence. That's what happened in South Philly. They were you listen to the news you're like, "Oh, somebody went on a shooting spree." No. It was it was a fight. It was a look, gang it, fight. Nonetheless, like look, that's a deep deep issue. Yes. Right? So the two issues the two issues if you're going to break it down, let's overly simplify things as we tend to do. On one hand, You've got the vast majority of, of these things that are categorized as mass shootings. It's gang violence. Yes. It's like three or more people, but it's like three guys on a stoop are getting shot up by like a rival gang. Yes. 
that's not okay. Don't get me wrong. No. Nobody's but that's a very different thing than when some fucking lunatic 19-year-old yeah. goes into a school with one fucking purpose in mind. Yeah. Those are different things. And and I understand like the the gun control is like we can't make it so easy for people to get guns and I get that because there's no reason for that Uvalde scumbag to be able to go buy an AK and then use it like yeah. that. That I don't how do you stop that with without stopping everyone from having access to home defense pistols. Yes. That's like where things get dicey. And then on the other one, like the the gang violence one is the dude, Pandora's box is it's been opened in terms of like the guns and like yes. the, the horses out of the barn. You're not gonna rein in four hundred million guns right now. You know what I mean? So how do you address that problem? You gotta address the the poverty, the generational poverty, and they like systemic that. racism that, that created these these environments these kids are growing up in. He was talking about it, that they were talking to us. Colleen, what'd you call Co him? Colleen, I don't know. Look, Col man, I'm not saying Colleen. anything revolutionary. It's it's pretty obvious. He, they were talking about it on the podcast. They said that <laughs> they were talking about this. Is how bad L.A. is right now. That the the gang. They they were going up to this. They were interviewing this guy, and he's like a hardcore gang member. He goes, "I'm getting the hell out of here, man. These people oh, are wow. nuts." He goes, <laughs> he's like, "They're letting oh, wow. people out of jail. That there's no way these people should be out of jail." I was just reading about that this morning. Um, I read an article. It was talking about how they're trying to recall the uh, prosecutor for L.A. County. Yeah. That apparently this guy we're talking about honesty. This guy was apparently campaigned. He's full of shit. Wearing yeah. like nice tailored suits, retro sunglasses, and yeah, yeah. presenting himself as this progressive. Turns out he's just, you know, in the pocket of like the, you know, all these movements. Yeah. So he, on day one, hour one, he instituted all these changes where like super lax on um, what they call uh, not upgrades, not add ons, but something like that. If the crime is bad enough, like you add on certain penalties because yes. it was just such an egregious fucking thing. Yeah. He took away all those right away. He lessened everybody's sentences, but like violent fucking criminals. Yeah. And the the thought process was in the way like this, 98% of the people in his own office want him out. And what they were saying when they were interviewed was, it's very clear that his, his stance is that the people we're prosecuting, he views them as the victim. Which I understand the thought process because poverty stricken people, the system is not designed to really help them. So if you grow up in like a crime-ridden area and you commit crimes, dude, you're a product of your environment. And and in a lot of ways, when I grew up, like we always had, you know, suspicion of the judicial system because yeah. the people around us, we grew up poor. So like they only were, were slammed by the judicial system. And the people down the street who grew up rich, they tend to get away. Like yeah. you pay a fine and then and then you get off. They get off easy. Um, but anyway, there's, if there's a crime, there is a victim and a perpetrator. Yes. There are not two victims there. Yeah. Um, that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. They so, were saying that like, you have these guys, especially out there. I mean, I, I always look, I love California as I remember it. I would never go back there now. I mean, like I said, no. my daughter left it so bad. She's crazy. And she loved being, living in California and she lived there pretty much almost, well, not all of her life, but she lived a, like most of her 95% of her yeah. life there. She uh, left here when she was six, seven. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how it is where they're like, you get these violent criminals. And they're like, 
all right, just, all right, here you go, here, we'll, we'll call you when you're ready for court. What do you mean? And the guy did, he shot somebody. Yeah, this guy, them now go. he abolished bail. <laughs> it's crazy friends if there's a lesson to learn and how not to run a state yeah how not to govern well, well i think california is the epitome of how not to run it's all over dude they they just recalled the prosecutor in uh san fran yeah for the same bullshit they're trying to recall this guy in philly right now yeah for the same philly is like a fucking war zone it's a war zone right now and i now, don't want to go to philadelphia Oh, I'm not. No, no, no I'm, I'm. I mean, I that bridge. I, it's like Escape from New York. It's, I'm like, look, I would never cross. Is that it that bad? No, but the, your what chances a dumb go reason up. to die. What yeah. a stupid. Just have a couple beers in on on Broad Street or South Street, wherever I like people go. Pete's right here in Marlton. It's, nice. it's a beautiful place. It's nice. Yes. Yeah. I can enjoy it. the wings. Drink. Are okay. Yeah. Hell, you know where I like going? Yeah. My house. That's a beautiful place. <laughs> you know? I like that house. Chartwell. Chartwell's Chartwell. pretty Chartwell's safe. Chartwell's a pretty good place. Um, but the, what happens lately for me, especially having the girls, is I'm starting to, it's, it's like a good reminder. One of the things we've talked about in the past on this podcast is as like the school owner and like I'm, I'm always trying to fix the programs and, and make this place more approachable and yeah. accessible, less intimidating. One of the hurdles to that is I haven't been a white belt in so long yes. that it's like hard to remember. And even before that, like I grew up fighting. Yeah. So even though like I fought mostly because I was trying to establish myself in a social hierarchy, <laughs> I was trying to show off. Yeah. And I I was if somebody intimidated me, I would have to I feel the urge to fight them when I was a kid. Yeah. Um I was never helpless and hopeless. I was never like terrified. But now I know what it feels like to be fucking terrified. Yeah. Now I know what You're it feels into like to a new realm. It's it's gonna benefit the students, not because I'm gonna turn into some crazy like Krav Maga like like uh, we have the orange survivalist. gun in the back and the, we do. In the I, pink in a purple knife. I know. I, I'm gonna start using those. I got those fake. I got the fake you guns got those and the years fake and knives. Years ago. I got them years ago because Brando did his first. Uh, maybe he did the Tim Kennedy sheepdog thing. Was it that one or was it the first time we went through the Gracie? I don't think the Gracie uses the fake stuff. It might have been the sheepdog. Thing. I think it was sheepdog because he was like, dude, I could. He's like, Tim Kennedy literally held me down and just stabbed me with this fake knife while <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> like this maniacal. <laughs> what I want to do with those, the fake gun, the fake knives is in like, you know, gear, no, it doesn't matter. When one of the cops is rolling, I'm just going to throw it on the floor. Yeah, there like, you go. go. And see how they do. Um, but anyway, it's, it's just. I put my money on Fonz every day, all day. Dude, Fonz was built for this stuff. Um, but dude, I, I know what it's like to be afraid. And white belt, yeah. So holy shit! So now, I know what it's like for our white belts coming in to their first class. That's what it feels like, man. That's what it must feel like when when you get a text that your school, your daughter's school's on lockdown. Yeah, it must be like because you feel helpless. You, you are. You realize like, oh wow. I've got, well, and we've talked about this before, and, and this is something that like was first articulated by Matakis on one of our, our, our hikes. When you have a daughter or a son, I guess, I don't have sons, I can't tell you, definitely for my daughters, yeah. you've got this piece of you which happens to be the most vulnerable part, the most important part of you, and it's external. Yeah. You can't protect it. Yeah. Like at least my heart, my liver, my lungs, you gotta get through this first. You know what I mean? Like I'm putting my He's fist up. He's clenching his fist, yeah. by the way. You gotta get, like you gotta earn it. Yeah. 
but my daughters are just out in the world. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh wow, it opens your eyes to how vulnerable you really are. So when imagine somebody comes in, going through life, maybe thinking that they're, which people do, thinking they're far more capable in a fight than they really are. They're not really in touch with the reality of yeah. altercations. It's like that uh, Onion article, it's like, like a uh, study finds men are 4,000 times more confident in their fighting ability than, <laughs> than they, they actually are. So like imagine you take your first class and we're going live from the mountain. You're like, holy shit, yeah. I can't get out. Like yeah. this 130 pound woman's holding me down yeah. against my will. And like, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Well, you can. Well, yeah, you can. What you can. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's the fact that you can't do anything about it. That motivates you to take action, to do something about it. Yeah. Because before that, you're blissfully ignorant, which in some ways, blissful ignorance is a great place to be. It is. Because you're not carrying around the weight of terror when you realize, like, holy shit, like, this thing can go south at any moment. It can. And it can. It can, and it it does. Yeah, it can. We say that all the time. time. Chaos lurks around the corner at all times. You just don't know. You just don't know. It could just be some flipping idiot out of nowhere. Just... How many people were in this? Just in this area. I'm not going to go world. How many people we have in this area? I think Marlton has what, eighty thousand residents or something like that. Whatever. That's the chances that one of them is not a ticking time bomb. Yeah, it's just the averages. I mean, that's scary. And hopefully, like our community will never have to endure what, like you know. God forbid. Yeah. But I would rather be prepared for as much as possible. Well, it, dude, and, it, you know what opened my eyes when they when we got the text, it was like shelter in place. Yeah, like that's the best you can tell me right now. So you know, I'm not completely unprepared. Yeah, I've got all my my do my toys and stuff. <laughs> um, but to compound things, it was when our air conditioning broke. <laughs> so I went to earlier that day. I went to Lowe's and bought those high power. Like it's pretty much I was building like a fan boat to go across the bayou, <laughs> and because we, we have dual zones, so yeah. I we blasted the air downstairs. And I Avery was sick as yeah. a dog; she had a respiratory infection, so her room was 110 degrees. That's the worst. So I set up this crazy series, this fun house of fans. Keep passing the cold air up. Yeah, and then I sat downstairs in the dark with all of my weaponry, waiting for this <laughs> crazy guy to pop out of the woods. Yeah. But I couldn't hear a thing. It was just like, Meh, which is unnerving yeah. so i have no idea what's going on outside probably not a good idea to wait out back yeah it's just it opens your eyes to like the feeling of being helpless and like realizing that the bad guys are out there no matter what legislation we pass it's not going to come top down no it's that's not going to happen like the government's not going to fix this problem they can't no they can't well how can they do <clears throat> they can't they can't, uh, unless they're going to say they're going to take away everybody's guns, yeah. except for those that are protecting those people, which is, what are we doing here? That's called tyranny. That's tyranny, <laughs> yeah. and that, but that's what they want. Maybe. That's what they I think. Look, if, we could go down that crazy rabbit hole. I don't want to go down hole. that rabbit hole, but uh, that's. I don't think that's, you know what I think they want? They want total control of us. They, they don't. Do they even want that? Yeah, I think you know what do. I think they want? I think over the past several years, government control is more and more. And more, I think and you're more giving the them more credit than they I deserve. Don't, I, don't I don't trust think they're that them. Smart. I do not trust the government. Yeah, but here's here's what I think they want. I don't. How about this? I don't trust the people in D.C. They just want self-preservation. No, they they just want to stay in power. You know, I we'll go back to this real quick, and and it should be brought up, and it it should be if if you don't are not aware, if you and I got stock tips, 
from people on a board. Yeah. And we made a boatload of money. What they would, would be in prison? Okay, if dude, you and only, I were a senator stock or governor, tips. they're they're they're, they're passing the legislation <laughs> that controls it. the. I was the trying industry. to be nice here. I was trying to be nice, but I mean, it's um, it's just not right. It's just totally not right. And going back to the fear, I, I we were uh, we were on training exercise, getting ready for Desert Storm, and it's pitch dark. You're in a foxhole, you're in a mortar pit, you're doing all these things. And everybody's setting up. You get certain people that are like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a game. It's like, I don't want to die for fake. Yeah. I don't want to die for fake. No. Screw that. I want to survive. And it's, this may, okay, this could, might come off bad, but it's what happened. We had, uh, we had aggressors that were coming into the camp. And I, I was, I forget where I was at. I was, I took a position just outside of where the mortar pits were, right? And we were on a hill, so the idea is to get a better angle over the hills and stuff, because we were out in the mountains in Fort Hunter Liggett in North Central California. And I set up my position, I've got my M16, and I see one of the aggressors come down. So I think I, I flicked a lighter or something like that I had, so somebody knew if I flicked it, they would see that was a warning. That was a sign because yeah. we didn't have radios, radio, uh, radios rather, or radar. So that was the cutting edge. <laughs> that technology was just the, tech, the military at the time. If you didn't know, you didn't know because I'm hand, I'm behind a tree and I flick. So the next guy, <laughs> next guy comes down. I pretty much tackled the son of a bitch. I, I tackle him. Um, I forget one of our guys in the mortar pit uh, popped out and got the other guy and it got him down. So we ended up taking these guys hostages. <laughs> This was a training exercise. <laughs> training exercise. They're like, guys, relax. We're like, I'm like, no, fuck no, man. I said, we're getting. If this is for real, so we end up taking two hostages and stuff like that, which Jesus was pretty Christ, funny. Dude. But the, the the point is, is you know, it, it it's training, and I got to tell you, again, we're using blanks and miles geared. So if you get shot, your your vest goes off. If you saw, uh, was that uh, the uh, what was the movie? Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Where they go to Grenada. Um, with the what the fuck is it? Heartbreak Ridge, where they go out and they hide. They they uh, they get up on the hill. The guys are coming through. They expect to win the war easy. And boop, boop, everybody's beeping beep 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 beep. I don't remember. That's I mean, a great. You got to watch that it. movie. It's a great movie. You know, you'll know who it is. You'll you. I, what the frick's his name? The guy from uh, you talk about the movie El Camino. What's his name? These old Clint, Eastwood? Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah, dude, your brain is melting. It is completely out of melting. your ears. My, no, I have like a thousand things going through my head right now. Chimney I blame crickets, it on the ADD. dude. I'm amped up. But the idea is, you know, when you go through training, you're you're just like on a mat, man. You're preparing yourself for the inevitable or yeah. the unforeseen, it, whatever it is, and. We've and I'll, I'll revert back to the mat where one of the benefits that we have and we talk about it all the time is you're in a battle every day you're on the mat in Randori. You're in a battle. You're more accustomed to quote unquote uh, an altercation than those 4,000 people that think that oh I'm a badass, Billy Badass. It's like you're Billy Badass. Like, yeah, the, the danger of the Billy Badass thing is the people who don't aren't really in touch with reality or maybe they are like maybe they think they're a badass and they it turns out that they are even without any formal training the dangerous part of that is people are are way too quick or willing to not even engage in the actual act of violence but to escalate a quarrel to that piece yeah. in other words talk shit yeah 
You know, like like people don't realize, like you bump into somebody at Chickies in the parking lot, and one guy feels like he has to save face, so he talks shit back and he tries to escalate, and then next thing you know, like you're about to like throw down with some dude. Yeah. Do you know how quickly somebody can just lose their life? Very easy. It's so easy. Yeah. It's really easy. It's, you hit somebody, they you hit, hit their your head, head on the curb. You're, you're done. done. What a stupid thing! And you know, you hear me say this a lot, but one of the benefits to to the training in here, it's it's two sides of this one coin, and it's so vastly different. These benefits, so vastly different. On one side, you're shoring yourself up physically, like you're becoming this this hardened, capable thing that can engage in physical violence can keep yourself and your loved ones safe and and you're prepared to to dominate and finish 90 whatever percent of the people you bump into on the street on a daily basis yeah. you're 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 fucking lethal yes and then on the other side that all that training that made you lethal makes you realize how fragile and vulnerable the human body is yeah. so you're far more likely to avoid at all costs yeah. any physical inf- encounters such a weird kind of dichotomy. It but is. They both ser- serve the same purpose. There's different levels to it too, and I'll use the two examples. One is you have somebody that comes in and they're very feeling very cocky about themselves. Oh, I'm going to come. I'm going to do this jujitsu. I'm going to wipe up the mats, and then you put them with, I don't know, who's one of the smaller guys that we have around here. We'll put them with Avery. Yeah. Right. Even as a white belt, Avery. Yeah, but Avery's like a young wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Now you come in off the, you know, you could be this big, tough guy. You're going with one of these small. Put him guys. in with like Kenny Z. Kenny Z, you tiny would, little guy, you unassuming, think, unassuming, very nice guy on top. Well, he's an okay. He's an adequate human being he's at best. Did you see his key last night? Yeah, Kenny, time to upgrade. But what happens is they get that oh shit moment. They go, oh, I don't know anything. Yeah. Then we go and I'll put you in. You're a very, whether you like to believe it or not. You're very, you're very good at this thing. You're very good at this thing, and we see it all the time. What happened when you were with Gordon? Oh you had a no shit moment. Oh my god! There's levels to the game. There's levels to humanity. I, I was friends with a guy. Uh, I don't believe that. I know that, that you guys I, got that lie counter going. I hung behind this guy. I was like the little dog. Yeah, Joe, yeah. that's you, Joe. That makes a lot more you sense. Got him, and he was the bulldog, like in the cartoons. No. He was a guy that if you said, listen, you you wouldn't be able to get the MFR out because he would punch Drop you right it. in the face. And this guy was a legit, first off, he was a legit boxer. Yeah. Um, growing up, his dad was uh, not the kindest of humans who usually had a bottle of cheap whiskey and would hit him with it. And he was just brought up in a violent world on a reservation. I would have liked if he could have broken that cycle. He went through, he did. He went through a phase. Dude, like if we go out and someone calls me an MFR, I, I like to think I'm not going to punch him. You wouldn't. I don't think you would. I, you know what I think I would do? I'd probably smile at him and be like, do yourself you a fit. No, I'd be you, like, well, I you can't got let me. him go scot-free. Yeah. I'd be like, my man, you got to do yourself a favor and yeah. keep that to yourself. Yeah, it's true. It's true. There's, you know, there's people in this so, world that don't have, they, they have that, uh, that trigger. Well, dude, you were talking about like uh, you come in and you go with somebody unassuming like like Kenny Z or even myself, like just having Gordon on top of me in half guard. I'm like, oh, shit. Like even the kids yesterday, we were talking about honesty. And the kids always come up with these beautiful answers where they're like, you got to know where you stand. Yeah. You got to know it. Like if you're lying to yourself, a couple of the kids said it in different words. Different ways. But yeah, Jack was one of them where it's like even at a young age, they understand like. 
Like if you're fooling yourself and you're full of shit, like you're gonna convince yourself you're something you're not. And yeah. that's when you get older, when you're young, you could get by on that. Yes. You know, that false bravado and like like the world, let's be honest, is is leaning way more towards coddling kids and patting them on the back for things they haven't done. So you'll you'll be okay. Yeah. But one day you're in the real world. And then you start to realize like, oh shit, I don't really have any skills, any like worthwhile skills. I wish like I, I've been lying to myself this whole time. I've been I guess I've been fortunate enough to be around the people that are not that. Yeah. So I, I have been around a lot of people that were very uh very uh, delusional in their thinking of who they are and what they are. And it yeah, but if you're around too many of those people like well, the people in and your they life were not are, friends. Are they were people that I worked with that People that thought that they were, you know, I'm all the, you know. And so you hated them enough to I learn did not from hate there. them. I did not care for them. Yeah. I did not care about them. They had no me. I'm, I'm man enough where I'm like, they're not worth me getting hot in a collar over. Yeah. It, I'm not going to. Well, it's the worst thing. We're on a hike the other day. Matakis goes, I don't know where. We're like, sit, we found this like nice spot like on the water. He looks over at me. He goes, you know what? Thanks for not being full of shit. Because yeah. he knows that's my thing. And, and we were talking about being full of shit or not. And he's like, well, I was like, well, I wouldn't be here in the woods with you if, if you if, if you, you were, were full of shit. Yeah. And he goes, what would that look like if I was full of shit? And I'd be like, I don't think he's capable. It's not that. Well, here's the thing. It's not that like you necessarily just lie all the time, although that is certainly it. It's it's more, you know, the world to be one way and you try to present it as, as another. a different way. Yeah. That's what full of shit really means. Yeah. You know, and that's that's like the the worst of all sins, in my opinion. I agree. Like you got to know where you stand. It's first off, it's very off putting. It's disgusting, even when somebody tries to present themselves in a way that you just know isn't true. Yeah, it, it just discredits anything else you're going to say to me. It's a false bravado. Yeah, and like crap. like on the mat, it's like one of the beautiful things we say all the time is like you can't really bullshit your way through on the mat. Yeah, I think the. Maybe the equivalent to being full of shit on the mat is having like a really good fallback ankle lock. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you can convince some people that you're pretty dangerous if, if you have a good fallback ankle lock. You might Gross. you'll catch a few people, <coughs> but it's all a facade. Yes. It's all a facade. It's it's built on a house of cards. House it's not going to work out. True. I I, I will say this that um, this was uh, the first time I was doing a naga, and they, they you know these assholes that I would surround. And that's a being polite. So if they hear it, they just know you're an Dude, asshole. Naga a decade ago was the worst place to be. <laughs> so, My so, first Naga I went to was 15 years ago. It was like just the worst fucking place <laughs> to be. I, the first one I went to was 2006. Jack was a baby. And I went to, I told you I was helping a buddy of mine get ready for it. Went down and he competed and it was it was definitely a different world down there yeah. compared to when I went in 2014. Just the Blue culture Band. was no good, man. Yeah. But I went in and all these people, my coworkers at the time, and they were like, how's your man on man thing? You know, and I'm like, let me show you. Let me, well, that's basically, they're like, how bad did you get your ass kicked this week? And I'm like, I went five and oh with three submissions. There you go. They're like, against who? I go, against a bunch of people that were quite younger than me. Yeah. And they're like, what? I go, yeah. How does that make you feel? And they were like, oh, no shit. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. 
And then they kind of had, and it wasn't me being bravado, but it was more like, here's the facts. Well, I wonder why that is. Like, why is it that, and you see this a lot. New, new tiny shirt. Ah, beautiful little Look girl. Little, Margot. Dude, one of the things you see all the time, and again, I'll let you guys peer behind the curtain. I've been doing this for a very long time. I've been doing it professionally. And uh, I was lucky to be in very professional martial arts environments from day one. Yeah. So I saw a lot of people come and go. I've seen a lot of people like kind of dip their toe in the water, see if this is what they want to do professionally. Mm-hmm. And I happen to have, uh, I guess you'll say, like raised up a bunch of instructors. Some who have gone on to do this full time, some who have not, some who would love to lost their minds. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. shit happens. Um, but one of the common themes is like the loved ones in their lives, whether it be parents or like girlfriends or, or wives, they never see it. They never see like yeah. the big picture. And they're always like, are you sure that's what you want? Why? Like stupid things along the lines of like, like why would you turn a hobby and you can't turn a hobby into a profession? What yeah. kind of a stupid thing to say that to a kid? Like, yeah, you can first off. Yes. Like what the, what the hell are you talking about? But secondly, why would you project your bullshit, your insecurities onto your onto kid your like kid that? Like That's that. what that is. Yeah. Your your insecurities of like being able to provide and like maybe even some regret for being a cog in the wheel for forty years yeah. is like manifesting and you trying to crush your, your kid your or kids your loved dreams. one's dreams. Yeah. Another one is and you'd be surprised, even years into doing this full time, that people have reported to me that they'll get random messages from their parents like, hey, the police department is hiring. Yeah, You should take the civil service test. And it's like, I've got a full-time career yeah. and I'm doing incredibly well and I'm fulfilled and I'm happy and I'm safe. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, You know what's funny is I remember when I was a kid and I was, I was in my teens and I, and I told you about the relationship I have with my father. My father, was, God bless him, I love him to death. But when I was younger, I was, you know, I was a punk. I was just anti everything and, and I wasn't combative with him because I had to fear God because I knew he'd whoop the pants off me, yeah. you know. That's and weird. That's weird. Well, he beat the <laughs> shit out of me. Right? I'm <laughs> trying better. to be nice. That's Does better. that sound better? Yeah. And uh, I remember I was in the skateboard. He goes, what the hell are you going to do that for? What are you going to do? You know who does that? And and I got into surfing. And I, he, was, he was he was okay with the surfing. But at the time, I was older. I was I was really getting dive, neat, really diving deep into surfing. And then I went in the military and I was surfing all the time and stuff like that. And there was a change and it was probably when I went in the military where it was, he realized like we were just talking about where your child is possibly gonna be in harm. Yeah. And, and it could also be that my mother built a shrine around my room and every time my dad went by, she said, don't go into that room, it's your fault he left. But now, and just as I've grown and he's grown and we've kind of got a better grip on how life is, but things have changed. He's like, when you open in a school, that's what are you going to do? And the biggest, what do you tell him? Because I'm curious to know as well. uh, I'm milking Pete for as much as he has. No, no, there's look, I, I talked to you years ago. I was thinking I would love to open my own academy one day. Oh, I absolutely would. One hundred percent. Trust me, I know. But somebody's retiring in September, and I have to see what happens. 
yeah. after that because that's going to have direct impact on everything else. Oh, Fonz and Avery are going from the feet. Oh, uh, here and we go. And Avery's down. That's hard <laughs> to believe. Oh, shit. He's got like a back triangle locked in. He's scrambly. He is very scrambly. He is very scrambly. Uh, dude, I saw something the other day from Jordan Peterson. I'll say his name again. Jordan? Let it, let it burn. Jordan <laughs> Peterson. Because he's a powerhouse and he's a he's a gem. I don't care what people are trying to say about him, but um, which is all bullshit. He's a great guy. He is, and something simple. It was it was aimed to be the person at your father's funeral who people can rely on. Yeah, because that says a lot. That says a lot. That means that you know you've done enough financially to maybe help people and like yes. you know pay for the funeral things like that. That's pretty simple. But you're also strong enough emotionally. To, to be there in the moment, but people can lean on you a little yes. bit. And like you're well put enough together where you can like coordinate some things. Yes. But you know, that's a, for a guy like you and a guy like me, you know, with our relationship with our fathers and all that, to be the reliable type, which my dad was. Like yeah. when my grandfather died, like my dad was like in the middle of the whole thing. Yeah. Now, that can be applied, the idea, obviously not the same exact situation, across the board. Yeah. across the board like in your profession like here here the last few years especially i've really really embraced the whole role of of trying to provide everybody with a career yeah and that's where i'm at right now like i'm trying to expand what we have what we've done here i've codified it we've got the formula we've yeah. got the culture we've got the guys coming up people wanting to step up they are stepping up which is and I'm awesome doing everything i can like a, a book here yeah. like watch this video here yeah. like i need you to do assignments here i'm gonna get these guys involved with like the tony robbins courses and i want to be the type of person that that somebody can lean on yeah. can rely on but that doesn't happen overnight man no like 10 years ago Let's look at eight years ago when Tony first told me. Me and Tony were out like he might have been at my house, and you know we yeah. might have been sampling a, a new bourbon or something. <laughs> um, now back then he was only drinking his his, his IPAs. IPAs. Yeah. So hop, you could really taste yeah. the hops. So hoppy. Um, it's so dank. And you know, I think in passing, I was just trying to paint the picture of the future, like what we could do yeah. together. This is like a, a not even a year until me having the school. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't know. He took my words one way. <laughs> the next day he comes in, he's like, dude, I put in my two weeks. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I got to take it. Now I got to, like, take care of this guy. Yeah. But it was the best thing for me. Like, it made me grow up immediately. Mm -hmm. Right. And look what happened. Like, yeah. we kind of teamed up and we built this behemoth. Yeah. Um, the first few months, he was not the guy who you guys see today. Yeah. You know, so there was like, like something I was telling Eric the other day. Because he, he beats himself up for, like, botching the warm-up. It's like yeah. the second warm-up he's ever run. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, it took battle three years to not <laughs> poop his pants before he buys everybody in. I told him in. that. I go, dude. You're light years yeah. ahead. But I was like, dude, you're not on trial. Yeah. You're not on trial. If if you've got the want to and the passion and the enthusiasm, yeah. I'll take care of the rest, man. Yeah. You just got to show up. Now, you're, you're into the bargain is this, though. Like, you can't bullshit me. Yeah. You can't be full of shit. Like, if, if there's a part of you that doesn't want this, you have to just let me tell know me. Now. Yeah. No hard feelings. It's not for dude. everybody. It's not. But if you want it, I was, that's it not can me. work. Yeah. Um, that's probably going to be... That's probably going to be the end of the podcast. That's okay. I understand. But as far as the question goes, I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't eventually open my own school. And I would love I, to do yeah, it. I'd sooner. be really upset. 
And I thought about it. I t- I'll be honest with you. I, th- I forget when it was. It was not, it was like a month ago. I was sitting around. Um, I forget what I was doing. I think I was out back. I was cooking a steak or something. And I had the smoker going. And I was just, I was just thinking about, I was thinking about where you were when you were opening the school and the whole bit. And I'm like, it's, it, it's not going to be easy. But I, nor would I want it to be easy. Well, there's so many ways you can do it. Yes. You don't have to do it the way I did it. No, no, no. Meaning. Dude, it could be as simple as you rent mat space at a karate school and you teach three times a week. Yes. It and could I, be as yeah. simple as like you, 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 you go to the YMCA and like you teach. Teach class. It doesn't have to be burn the ships like I did and then like hope for the best. Yeah. I could, obviously, I couldn't do that. I have but that, here's the I thing. Have that, dude, I have that palatial estate. What you guys have that I didn't really have is like you got the blueprint. Yeah. You've got the blueprint. That's what I was going to get to. Is that even though like, it would like, not be the Ricardo exact gave me the environment where I could grow and learn, and he yeah. taught me so many things. But it's not like when I was like when he kicked me out. It wasn't like here's the binder. Yeah, like here's here's the formula. Oh, I know. And and not even like he could because, dude, in 2014 things were changing. Like the internet was like the Facebook social media was changing. He didn't know that stuff. Yeah. Like he didn't know he he hasn't built up a school from the ground up from since 1997. Yeah. So it's not even like he could have helped me if he could, but we have the formula now. Yeah. Like exactly. Anybody listening to this, there we, like there's no reason that if there's the want to, and you have mod like modest talent, you can have a successful school. Man. Yeah. Like I, where we're going is how dare we, how dare we limit the scope of what we're doing. Because look at what it does for people. Look, yes. look at how good we are at building the tribe. That's one of the things that really gets to me. Where I'm like, I just know, just teaching the fundamentals classes. You know, I'm yeah, lucky. Which you've been doing a lot more of lately. And I'm happy to see. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, you know. Surprisingly, we haven't had mass We've only had about 300 people quit. We're down to 150 <laughs> people, guys. But I'll get better. No, we're, you know, I've had them say to me. And it's. It really has really, especially over the last two months or three months, it's really starting to maybe click a little more. Mm-hmm. And the appreci- I've always had the appreciation for it, but it's just clicking more and more in the sense because I have thought more and more about possibly opening a school. And, and don't think there's anything, you know, on the near horizon at this point. But Why? I mean, Why do you keep saying shit like that? Well, like I said, it. I have to see what happens after some know, after she dude, retires. You, you, that, can, that can change in a day. Yeah, exactly. But I would be doing you a disservice, and I would be doing, and I, this is going to sound bad, the world a disservice by not being able to go out and impact more it's people. True. It's true. I want to be able to impact more people, and it would nothing would make me happier than. Oh, dude, he brought in that toy. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. But, you know, nothing would make me happier than being able to, and it's not so much having my name on the wall, but being able to rese- represent you no, dude, in a grander it's not scale. About me. It's well, not it, a, even this school it's is not, not even about ju- me. I'm not just saying it's about you, but it, being able to represent you, Ricardo, yeah. what we have as a quote-unquote brand, yeah. expanding the tribe. So, yeah. And, and that's if, the key. If we're talking about honesty, that's one of the things. Like, you got to be honest with yourself. You got to keep yourself in check. Because I look around sometimes at, at different, myself included, and like my uncle included, and like Ricardo included, and like, you know, Bonjour, all these guys, yeah. are we underachieving? Are we underachieving? Which is a, 
it's an uncomfortable question to ask yourself. Yeah. You know, in on the mat, am I underachieving? Yeah, probably. I'm probably leaving a lot on the mat, dude. Like, like technique wise, and and like maybe I should make a go of like getting serious about competition, things like that. Am yeah. I am I underachieving now? In in terms of running the school and like our impact in the world, we're definitely underachieving. Now, here's the good news: if we moved a little bit sooner than we than we are now, like in terms of like. Uh, mobilizing the troops, so to speak. Yeah. It might have been a little bit too soon, mm -hmm. but we're eight years in. Yeah. We're eight years in, man. We've got a bunch of black belts. We've got a bunch of brown belts. We've got all these young bucks coming up who are young, enthusiastic. They're talented. Yeah. We're going to make room for these guys, yep. right? Like we're going to provide careers for, for these guys. And what's the, the big benefit? There's going to be thousands, thousands of people who get to experience what we do. Exactly. That's, it's a win for everybody it, everybody involved. wins everybody wins and that's one of the things that I, I really think about you know imagine the power of we have six seven eight nine ten locations right yeah. and then we expand this place yeah. and Saturday mornings at headquarters yeah how cool would that be that would be amazing we've talked about that off the, Dude, that's off the, the that, that's the dream just us guys, yeah, we've talked about me and Kratatus were talking about that. Who, by the way, Kratatus is doing an amazing job, dude. Awesome, that six a.m. class, and I'm getting the feedback. I'm getting it's. He's like he's waiting at the door, waving people in. Yeah. He brings so much energy at six a.m. that nobody could do. Yeah, nobody can do what he's doing, and I'm just so glad that people, like I've always known this, and I'm glad that this is yet again reaffirming this that nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you, you care. care. You know, he's a yeah. blue belt, but he's about to be a purple belt, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. I started when I was a blue belt and the, you know, the program grew. Yeah. That's what matters, dude. But we were talking about it, like the dream of Tuesday night at Scatino's, right? Wednesday morning at, at headquarters, Thursday night at Tony's. Yeah. You know, Friday morning we meet up in, at headquarters again, like yeah. just impacting the community, impact, impacting like this whole region. Yeah. We've That's, got the ability. We do have We've the got the people. We, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's so much to go on that. We just got to hold each other accountable. And we do. Because it's so easy to be comfortable here. We got such a good thing. The training's great. Yeah. Students are coming in. Yeah. Everybody loves it here. We yeah. got each other. Nobody wants to break up the gang. That's, and we talked about, man, we talked, that's, uh, you know, what's it called? That behind the, uh, the, behind the curtain. Yeah. We've talked about it. How many times? Nobody go, wants to be the one to leave the, the group. It's the hardest thing is. Even Cortada said that. Yeah. He's like on the island, the 6 a.m. Yeah. island. Nobody wants to be John Lennon. No. Nobody Luckily, wants to be. there's no Yokos. Well, yeah, thank God. <laughs> but I mean, nobody wants to be the one who breaks up the band. Yeah. It, because we do have such a good yeah, thing but here. Listen. But it's not, I, I, it's not breaking up the band. It's bringing in a horn section. Yeah, dude. It's, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and at the end of the day, when this is all said and done, if we wait another 10 years yeah. and then we just so we didn't have to break up the band, it's not going to happen. We're going to look at each other one day and be like, we fucking we wasted. We, up. we wasted. We could have we could have helped time. so many so people, many people. Man. And and that's because I mean I'm not getting any younger and that's the one of the things that's true that levity that one was not a lie no it, all right i got avery's uh graduation all right get the hell out of here see you guys see you guys